You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to a very special edition of TFL Talking Trucks podcast. Today, I'm by myself. I'm not joined by Roman or Mr. Truck, Ken Sundling, but I do have a very special guest. And as you can tell, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm not in a regular studio, I'm in my basement studio. And this show is all about trucker life, very specifically delivery, semi-truck driving. And here on the video call on my laptop, I have our good friend, Dan Atkinson, whom I met about a year ago, and he's actually sharing a camera view outside of his front windshield. And in this show, I want to learn everything about the current state of the world, how's the economy moving from the standpoint of a trucker who's delivering groceries and produce and supplies across the country, which is a vital service that we all need right now, as most of us are isolated in our homes and we're doing social distancing in order to help the entire world and of course the country to survive. So Dan Atkinson, thank you for joining this very special episode of TFL Talking Trucks. Uh, please introduce yourself. Well, my name is Daniel Atkinson. I am a uh, driver. I've been a driver since uh, spring of 2011. For the past uh, year or so, I've been kind of flirting around and doing a little bit here, a little there with uh, things on the YouTube. And here lately, I've been uh, doing some work with uh, Kent at Mr. Truck TV. I am the newest, we'll call it associate there. And uh, occasionally you'll see me on the channel there uh, trying to provide content for him. Absolutely. And I met you about a year ago. I remember you kind of reached out to us at TFL Truck and you said, hey guys, I'm driving a semi-truck, but I want to bring it um, for a show on Dude I Love or Hate My New Ride. Indeed, because I never saw anyone bring a semi, and I thought, you know what? How about that? Let's do something different. Yeah, and it was actually very successful. Uh, a lot of people liked seeing what you had and seeing your rig. Yeah, it's 
uh, the video has performed quite well over the years, and, and every usually every couple weeks or so, I'll go back on there see if there's anything new to uh, to to answer on there because that's usually what you ask is like, hey, can you just go back here from time to time? So yeah, so so Dan, uh, a lot of us because of what's happening in the world um, are kind of um, either isolating ourselves or trying not to you know go outside very often, but but all of us still have to eat. And the basic functions still have to happen, you know, law enforcement, everything, hospitals, yeah. etc. And, you know, when I go out to my grocery store and, you know, and obviously, you know, we're all very careful to do so, um, I can find most of the things there. And you're the one uh, part of this, you know, massive, you know, trucker community who who are supplying the stores with you know, all the produce and all the goods. So tell me about a little bit, you know, your truck and what you're hauling right now. Well, my truck is a 2017 Freightliner Cascadia. Uh, Freightliner Cascadia is, it's a truck that you'll see a lot of out on the road. It's not really anything that sticks out. And typically, actually for the past couple, several years, I've been hauling a 53 foot long uh, refrigerated uh, van trailer. You can haul anything from, you can, you can actually, the temperature range in this thing is from about 90 degrees Fahrenheit all the way down to negative 20. So as far as the highs and the lows, uh, within about a matter of one load right to the next, I haul a load of medical supplies, which has to be kept at about 72 degrees. And then the very next load was frozen bread, which is set at about negative 10. Okay. Uh, so now... Those look it, everything you can pretty much do whatever you can even do uh, dry freight in a, a refrigerated trailer. You just lose a little bit of weight capacity because of the extra weight of the reefer unit, a refrigerated unit. And the last load that I had was about forty thousand pounds of Clorox bleach. And right now I've got a refrigerated load on. I'm hauling uh, probably twenty thousand pounds worth of salad mixes, and that has to go to New Jersey to two. Uh, different distribution centers of the same company. I gotcha. So, um, so you you told me you left like Chicago area this morning, right? I did indeed, sir. Okay, so you're riding kind of on the East Coast right now, Chicago to New Jersey, and is that a typical route for you? Uh, here lately, it has been. Um, the The beautiful thing is, is I've been able to either through luck. Still, what have you, I've been able to maintain a very good track record with this particular customer. So the company likes to keep me on it. And uh, the plus side is, is that it actually pays pretty well. Uh, load coming back from Jersey, not so much, but this load definitely pays very well getting out to Jersey. I gotcha. All right, then. So um, you're getting on the highway and it looks a little bit bumpy. It's uh, currently I'm in the state of Indiana, and since I don't like to pay on toll roads because I'm already paying taxes on the roads, I tend to avoid them. Uh, in one year, I actually saved five thousand dollars by avoiding toll roads. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's huge. It it is. You, you wouldn't think that uh, at you know the couple tenths of tolls here or there would be a big deal, but. When you figure out roughly 150,000 miles a year, it tends to add up. I gotcha. You're being passed by somebody, I think. 
I am indeed. That's I'm sorry. Okay, let them pass. I'll I'll, I'll get my good fuel mileage. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm being distracted. Thank you for sharing your camera, by the way. <laughs> so, um, spot, uh, talking about pricing, right? I mean, so let's kind of hit uh, two topics first. Um, the first topic is how has your life changed at all during this um, tough time? I mean, as far as highways, truck stops, uh, etc. Yes, and to the same extent, no. Yes, in the extent of no, there's no places to really sit down and eat because they've all gone to takeout. But I really wasn't sitting down that much to begin with, so it's just kind of, okay, you grab a bite, you eat it in the truck while you're driving down the road, and you just kind of giddy up, go. Yes, because you see more people uh, running down the road, and, um, okay, I take that back. I got distracted by something there. Uh, you see less people on the road, which is really, really great. Uh, places like Chicago, Washington, D.C., uh, Baltimore, I can drive around and through them with a, an ease that you don't normally see unless you're driving like 2 a.m. in the middle of the night. And I really appreciate that uh, as far as starting to make time. When you go to a shipper and receiver nine times out of ten, you know, they'll be a bit more distant than they used to be. They're just as friendly as, as before because people are people and you're not really going to change them over things like this. But you will see them uh, trying to take a little bit extra precaution that they usually did before or they're wearing uh, latex gloves for the most part. I, I gotcha. But but the traffic is has eased. So actually people are, you know, doing what they're doing Um and actually staying off the road for the most part. Indeed. And it's actually, uh, I quite like it. It's, um, it, it makes for a day where I, on the roads that I'm on right now, uh, like I'm going to be on some U.S. highways, it makes for less stop and go, which means my fuel mileage gets a little bit higher. And uh, when that affects your bottom line, which affects how much I can provide for my family, I have a growing family. Um, I try to take that into account as much as I can. Gotcha. And um, the second part of the uh, topic is, of course, price and cost. Um, and you're a owner operator. That means you know you actually purchased, financed your truck, right? And you're kind of doing your own dispatching. You know, you're getting your own loads. So cost is very important, right? Uh, more than ever. And what about like the price of fuel? Ha has I mean, that has come down some, right? Indeed. Uh, the last time I got fuel was just the other day in Morris, Illinois. Uh, the pump the pump price was like two-something a gallon. Like, uh, I want to say like 290-something. But actual price that I pay was like 276. Okay. Because uh, I've got a fuel card and they give you discounts. Uh, because of the the company that I'm leased to, they have so many trucks getting fuel, they get a discount on the fuel price. So as a result, that discount comes to me, and I can save a little of that money on fuel. Gotcha. And actually, here in Colorado, I think the diesel price is actually a little bit lower than that, even. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'll be honest. It's, it's been a minute since I've been out to Colorado, but. Uh, with the the winter that y'all been having out there and the amount of tread that's left on the tires, 
I'm kind of okay with that right now. All right, so talk talk to me about the tires because I know I saw your rig about a year ago in March of 2019. Um, tell me about your truck, some of the maintenance you've done. Well, every 15,000 miles, I take an oil sample and then I send that out. Usually about a week, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood, within about 5,000 miles between getting the sample sent out, receiving it, and then finding a minute to go ahead and get service to the truck to take about a 5,000 miles. So around about 20,000 miles, I'll either A, change the oil based on the sample if it's bad enough, or B, I'll uh, actually just change out my fuel filters and add some makeup oil. The oil that I use is, it's only sold in gallon jugs. It's made, it's sold by an outfit out of uh, the Utah, the Salt Lake, Utah area called Power Driven Diesel. It is actually a um, API rating that dates back to I want to say 2007. So since I am running a 1999 year model engine, that older uh, API uh, rating, I think it's CI4 plus, uh, does a little bit better with this engine at keeping it protected. Because at 339,000 miles, a little bit uh, later on the year after we did our video. Uh, the number three cylinder exhaust valve, one of the two exhaust valves hung up, slapped into the piston, broke the head off, decided to rattle its way around inside the cylinder, banging it all up, uh, banging up the cylinder head, went through the exhaust manifold into a brand spanking new turbo that I just put on oh. within the past couple thousand miles. And yeah, it ate up the engine. So after seeing the inside and seeing some of the bearing wear, I wanted to take a little bit higher precaution. Uh, the second time around. All right. And your tires, you're saying your tires, you're still running the same tires I saw a year ago? I am indeed. Uh, let's see. The last time I, I, I checked, which was probably about a month ago now, I had about 190,000 miles on the steer tires and um, probably 240,000, 250,000 miles on the drives. I'm still well within the legal uh, tread depth requirements, but it's more of a where I personally like to take them off at. I'm, I'm in that neck of the woods. A set of steer tires with, because uh, I don't screw around when it comes to steer tires, because directional stability of this truck, something that can weigh up to 80,000 pounds, is quite paramount. So a set of steer tires with a higher load rating than what's required is roughly about a $1,300 venture, and they're not quite top of the line, but like the second tier down set of tires installed with uh, getting credit for uh, tire casings is about like a $3,600 venture. I gotcha. So, I mean, that's costly, but they also last a long time. If you, if you take care of your tires, if you monitor them, if you're keeping a close eye on your tire pressure, rotating them every so often, and you make sure that you have a good good alignment. Um, if you do all those things and your suspension components hold up and are in good shape, then you can get a long life out of your tires. That's really good. So, I mean, any vehicle, that's the case, but but you have a lot more tires <laughs> than, than yeah, most of us. grand total of uh, 18, including the trailer. Is that why they call them 18-wheelers? 
Indeed, but believe it or not, uh, there's something called a wide-based single that takes the place of two. So instead of an 18-wheeler, if you've got uh, super singles on the drives and the trailers, you got a 10-wheeler, which it doesn't have quite the same ring, now, does it? No, it doesn't have the same ring, but and you're not running super single, those big tires, huh? No, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm running duels, and quite frankly, I prefer them. Although I'm probably losing a little in the rolling resistance department, I, I like to think that I gain. If I have any uh, issue with one of the tires, I've got that little bit of a security, uh, I don't want to say security, like, but that's kind of wrong. Uh, I have that safety net of okay. the tire next to it being able to hold the truck up and not stranding me right then and there. Yeah, I, I understand. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously you have to stop if you have a blowout, but at least you have a little bit of runway, right? Yes, instead of being on the side of the road where mm, I'd say about maybe half of the people will get over and give you room. I've been on the shoulder of the road with a breakdown before and had big trucks fly right next to you at highway speed while you're on the shoulder. And it's un an uneasy um, feeling when you feel your entire truck and excuse me, your entire truck and trailer just move over and shake with the amount of air that gets displaced, even cars displace a decent amount of air going down the road highway speed. I got you. Yeah, absolutely. I've felt that before myself. Um, uh, so t tell me a little bit more about kind of the truck stop life um, and kind of how you do it. And has it changed much? Are, are people... Is there more people at the truck stop? Fewer people? How does that? How does that happening right now? Uh, I'd say there's probably fewer people, but uh, it's it's kind of similar to something I saw on uh, Facebook the other week, and it, it basically to sum it up, it basically said you never really realize how isolated you are until there's a world pandemic and your life really doesn't change at all. <laughs> and is that is that the case for you? Yeah, I mean, it really is. Most of the conversations that I have are over the phone. You know, I'll talk to my wife uh, a couple times a day, and usually I'll go through, I'll listen to stuff on the radio or on the phone and things of that, nat things of, uh, of, of that kind of nature. And uh, when I deal with people, it's either at a shipper, receiver, or at a truck stop. Uh, I tend to pretty much keep to myself as much as I can. And that was even before so, because in the world of driving, if you keep that left door shut, you make more money. Yes. And if the wheels are rolling. Yes, the wheels got to be rolling. Um, and as an owner-operator, not only do the wheels have to be rolling, they've got to be rolling at a price point that does not cost you money. Yeah. That means you have to be carrying some load, the trailer behind you, right? Yes, yes. Going empty and, you know, just going willy-nilly. Even empty, this thing might get like 10, 11 to the gallon. So, yeah. yeah. You can't exactly go joyriding. And what kind of fuel economy are you getting, like, loaded, like like you are right now? Lifetime fuel mileage is 6.86 miles per gallon. Uh, the past two tanks, I have got 7.06 uh, miles per gallon that was loaded to roughly around about 70 ish, 70 to 75,000 pounds gross weight, driving over the mountains from the east coast 
to the Chicago area, going over the, the mountains there, some steep grades. And with the extra power that this truck has, it actually can make better use. Uh, it can get over those mountains a little bit easier, and if driven correctly, will actually increase fuel mileage. I gotcha. So a lot of the time when you're on the road, are, are you basically uh, using your truck? Are, are you sleeping in your truck and uh, staying at the truck stops? Yes. When it comes to uh, showering and everything else like that, uh, usually every couple days or so I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll stop and I'll, I'll get a shower, usually at the Pilots and the Flying Jays, because that's where I get fuel the most. And they'll actually, if you fuel over 50 gallons in one stop, you can get a shower credit. Um, so go there, get clean, not look like such a scuzzy person anymore. Just, you feel completely different when you get a nice shower. Um, but yes, I, my truck has a sleeper. It's got a 72-inch sleeper, which is roughly around about five, uh, six feet. Mm -hmm. I've got a, as far as to give you an idea as to what size bed that you'd have in a truck like that, uh, imagine a twin or twin XL type mattress that you find in your kid's bedroom. Mm -hmm. And that's roughly the mattress size that you have in a truck like this. Um, not exactly roughing it out here either. I've got a fridge. I've got a, a Dometic 95 quart uh, cooler that can be broken into two segments. It's not physically, but it's split up in the two areas. And I use one, the bigger area as a refrigerator and the smaller area as a freezer. So I've got a fridge, a freezer. I've got a microwave to cook up the frozen things. I've got entertainment as far as on my phone or television, a Blu-ray player. I'm basically living in a 100-mile-an-hour apartment. Or like a RV would be, like a, like a recreational vehicle, except it's not recreational, it's commercial. Yeah, well, think of it like this. Take your RV. Yeah. Instead of the engine in the back being a diesel pusher, set it up front like that M2. Uh -huh. Give it just a little bit, of, give it an extra axle for some really bonus weight carrying capacity. Knock out that big fancy bed. You know, go ahead and compromise a little on some of the amenities. Throw a 53-foot hemorrhoid, I mean, painting at I mean, trailer, on the backside and then hop on down the road. <laughs> <laughs> That's really great. So I, I, I'm really kind of uh, surprised. I mean, you're saying you're saying your life hasn't changed much, but I mean, you are uh, still and have been. I mean, no matter what, but you're kind of supporting the lifeblood of the country, right? So I mean, we we all have to eat, and no matter if it's snowing or raining or you know if there is a some sort of a you know this virus thing happening. It seems like you you know you're still doing what you're doing, which I, I I'm really thankful for. Well, it's not it's not just drivers out here. Uh, if just to kind of get an idea of all the really essential kind of people in your daily life, it, and if you can't even think of any, just go out and find the song 40 Hour Week for a Living" by Alabama, and you'll hear all the different professions out there. Because I might drive a truck, but if the feller in the, the warehouse isn't on that forklift to load up the truck in the trailer, I can't haul my freight. Mm -hmm. If the truck stops closed, I can't buy fuel to haul the freight. So it's not just the drivers out here and the mechanics. If something happens to the truck and I can't get it fixed, I can't haul the freight. So it's not just drivers out here. There's plenty of support in each 
uh, industry out there to be able to provide everything that this nation needs. So I'm not really concerned because the trucks aren't stopping. The trucks, in fact, they're moving, they're grooving as fast as they possibly can do so safely. And with uh, the, the suspension of the hours of service on loads that are for relief purposes, um, I, I think we're going to get through this without any issue whatsoever. Well, that's, that's really comforting to know. And also you're pointing out this incredible kind of interweaving, right, of all of our lives. Because like you were saying, you know, if the forklift operator is not there, if the tire manufacturer stops, right, if the fuel is not there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, uh, you know, it's all, inter it's all related, right? With, if one link in that chain breaks, right, then the chain breaks completely. I'm sure there's a couple of chains. Let's, let's say you had a, a thousand truck stops in, in that chain and a thousand, each one of those things that are necessary. You could probably lose a couple and still be able to make it through, but it'd be a bit more difficult. But if one completely dropped out, then yes, uh, we'd be in a world of hurt. Yeah, but I'm saying something like an industry, right? Let's say the tire manufacturer factory, uh, for some reason, is shut down. Hold on a second. I, I, I lost. Hello, are you there? I am now. We got you now. Sorry. Um, what I was saying was, um, if you know, if a tire manufacturer can no longer make tires, and uh, you know, truckers need tires, for example, or if the fuel refinery stops, right? Then I mean, uh, we're talking about big links, and so far, you know, that machine is mostly working, right? Absolutely. When they say that the essential services need to go back to work, think of it like this. If you're one of those essential workers, you are a small part or even a big part of something that is absolutely crucial. So instead of being stuck at home and you know having to, yeah, you might not be able to be at home and, and get some of the projects or, or tackle some of that honeydew list that, uh, that she always seems to find something to do. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> and... That means that you get to be that part to keep everything going. You get to be a part of the equation that gets things back to normal. Yeah, and unfortunately, so, I mean, there's there's some other industries where, I mean, quote-unquote considered unessential, which is just, you know, really weird to think about, right? But um, a, a lot of the jobs are able to be done remotely, too. So, I mean, there's various degrees of, I guess, functionality and various degrees of, you know, the way we can continue to um, survive. Uh, that's, believe it or not, that's the wonderful thing about technology. It allows some uh, businesses to be able to continue to function, to not go out of business as a result of how connected, if you will, our, our lives have become. Yeah, and for example, TFL Truck, right, uh, or Mr. Truck, I mean, we're, we're, we're fortunate to where you know, we can do things like this. Um, I can get your story kind of remotely, right? Um, and, Absolutely. Uh, and actually kind of publish that story to our podcast and also to our YouTube channel and um, have actually have people actually be able to understand and, and maybe not worry as much, right? Because um, what you're telling me is, you know, the 
the shipping machine, the shipping um, world is happening and I can see it at my grocery store and I'm really thankful. In, indeed. So now I'm just going to go ahead out and say this. If there's folks that are watching TFL and you're in one of the industries that support driving, uh, support truck drivers and everything else like that, I really appreciate y'all because without you, I couldn't do my job. Without y'all, I couldn't provide for my family. So from there's been a lot of outpouring and love to truckers lately, which makes me very, very, it, it just gives you a sense of pride that you just, that seems to be missing. So to, as a way of returning that favor for everyone else supporting the trucking industry, thank you for the bottom of my heart because you allowed me to keep this, this whole thing moving and grooving. Yeah, that's really important, dude. And, you know, the people who are, you know, maintaining the truck stops, right? They're the uh, unsung heroes in some ways, right? Ouch. Absolutely. Well, very cool. Um, we have a few more minutes, I think. So I, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about kind of um, your truck, your truck, uh, so to speak. And we talked about, you know, the importance of maintaining your engine with oil and monitoring that really carefully, right? Um, the importance, okay. the importance of monitoring your tires, uh, very carefully. Uh, what are some of the other, um, elements that a regular pickup truck driver maybe can learn from, from you? Because you, I mean, you're putting on what, 150,000 miles a year. So you have a lot of kind of understanding about how the truck, you know, needs to operate and, um, some of those elements. So what are, what are some of the other items that people need to kind of think about? Lubrication. Okay. There, there's plenty of moving parts out there. So not only is it changing or, or swabbing out the filters for your, for your oil, if you're, doing, like if you're doing a bypass and you don't need to change it, then you're changing your filters. If you, if you don't have that and you're changing your oil, that's one thing. But lubing up the, the chassis making sure that every moving part that does have a search fitting, which is the fitting that the grease gun slides onto in order to grease it up, yep. making sure that there's fresh grease in everything. Uh, on, on the fifth wheel, you have to have that greased up because, believe it or not, a dry fifth wheel will actually affect your uh, tire wear because either it'll bind up and resist itself turning and will create an abnormal wear pattern and also increase the amount of wear and tear in your suspension component. There, it's, it, it also comes down to a proper pre-trip. Uh, when you, I've had the same trailer since last May. Mm -hmm. I've had the same truck for over three years now. And I'll admit, I kind of get a little lax in some of my pre-trips, and then it bites me in the, in the patoot because something will pop up. Like, for example, I was out in... Um, Colorado the last time we were doing our filming out there yeah and um, I had a inner wheel seal uh, come loose on the driver's side and I didn't catch it so I was going ahead going to get it done and the spindle uh, got the threads got buggered so me not catching that earlier I could have probably got that done at home or at a shop that I knew a little bit better and that might not have happened. So it wound up costing me a little bit. You guys got a little trophy of it at TFL, but you know, it's, it's something that's, <laughs> that it's something to keep in mind of. Um, 
if you know your vehicle and you keep track of it, the tiniest little differences are going to stand out uh, like a sore thumb. It's just someone that's just coming on and looking at your truck from a distance, like, what's that? Oh, it's normal. But what's that? Oh, that's a problem. Yeah. And you're talking about the pre-trip, which is basically the inspection that you always do uh, before getting on the road, right? Absolutely. And it's not just the truck. It involves the trailer, too. Because I'm sure people have seen photos of a, uh, a forklift driver that's sitting on the ground because the, the, the rivets on the cross members of the trailer have failed while the, the forklift driver was in there. And those forklifts are quite heavy. Mm -hmm. So you have those kind of failures. Stuff like that can be, uh, can be looked at or sometimes caught with a pre-trip. You'll see, at least on my Facebook feed, you'll see things like loose lug nuts or uh, things that are just completely missing, lights that are completely missing. Just a simple walk around, just a, all right, oh, ooh, that doesn't look right, mm -hmm. kind of a deal. And now it's getting easier and easier, right? All, most of the modern yep. vehicles have tire pressure monitoring systems, right? So, um, you know, there are warnings for that in your modern car or truck. Um, some trucks and cars actually give you numbers, right? Not just a warning, but actual PSI, you know, pressure uh, readings. So um, it's getting easier and easier, but it doesn't mean that we can be just relaxed always. Uh, it's always nice to, um, very safe to know exactly the state your vehicle is in, right? Before you get on the road. Absolutely. Just even something as simple. Okay. This is going to get into one of my little things that I see out here. The amount of people that I see driving down the road with no lights on whatsoever. It starts to get dark. They rely on their automatic headlights. And then the inside of the dash is lit up like the 4th of July. It's bright. They can see their gauges. That's not the way it used to be. It used uh -huh. to be, oh, I can't see my gauges. Let's turn my lights on. Uh -huh. Now it's, it's lit up because everything's digital. And the car is a phantom car. There's no no headlights, no taillights, no anything. And quite frankly, instead of automatic high beams, I'd rather see automatic markers. Yeah, I hear you. So so you could actually avoid that issue. Um, I think you and I, when we were at the Chicago Auto Show, I remember remember when we were sharing a uh, Uber uh, ride and we saw a police vehicle at, in the evening, at night, with no uh, running lights. Exactly. It's, it's even something as simple as, okay, all right, driving the thing. Man, I really can't see. Or you can't see as good as you think you should. Yeah. Check your switch. <laughs> it's, it's so stupid. It, it just takes a half a second. Yeah. Um, and, if you, and let's say you got your your, your whole taillight panels up. And let's say you drive a 1996 Mitsubishi Galant. Whoa! And the entire taillight panel has gone out. I, I'm just throwing out random stuff. I have no idea what, if, if that's anything. <laughs> so a wire's gone out. You have no taillights. You got headlights. You don't know why people are flashing lights on. He's like, I got my headlights. What's wrong with you, crazy person? Yeah. You come to find out that a simple walk around at nighttime would have shown it. Well, I'll be doggone. I got no lights. 
Yeah, or uh, maybe your, like you said, maybe one of your um, uh, rear taillights is out, and then you get pulled over by police, and they tell you, oh, by the way, you know, your light is out, and um, it potentially it could lead to a fee or a fine, right? Um, so you could... Yeah, pre- there you could be a side thing. If you got a cool, if there's a cool cop, you know, he's like, just, just get it fixed. Yeah. Yeah, most of the most of the officers are usually nice about it. Um, like I've had that happen to me once, where I didn't realize my taillight was out on my VW Golf, and um, the police officer just said, "You know, um, as long as you're aware of it, please fix it immediately." So that was nice. Yeah, I've been pulled over and told like there's something wrong with your vehicle. My immediate reaction, much to the chagrin of every cop that's ever pulled me over has been to immediately go out and look. It's like, wait, what? I missed something? Where? <laughs> yes. Yeah. They don't like that. They get, they get nervous. I understand why they get nervous. But it's like, oh! <laughs> right. And uh, so my, I guess my last comment would be um, safety is important on any vehicle. Um, obviously, the heavier your vehicle becomes um, and you're driving one of the heavier vehicles on the road, um, uh, that inspection becomes more and more important but any vehicle is important for safety no matter what if you're driving the smallest Mazda Miata or you know if you're driving a big pickup truck or a semi truck uh, that safety is very important absolutely it, it, it could it could be your very own life that you save by just checking your vehicle out every now and again it could be something as simple as just Going out, taking a walk around, you see something leaking, and that could save you from blowing up something on the highway that causes an issue, and then there's a fender bender five cars back because of everyone trying to avoid your car breaking down. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And thankfully, so you haven't seen many like big accidents recently, have you? Or do you see them often? Or how does that work? I mean, there are every now and again, um, they really are random. I've been pretty lucky to avoid most incidents. And the other thing that I have at my disposal to avoid those incidents is technology. Um, I can look along my route and, and I can see, thanks to people reporting about it, by things like Waze or Google Maps, and I can see the wrecks and I can time it, hopefully, to avoid most of them or pick a different route that might be a little bit better to avoid if the accident is bad enough. Yeah. And of course, I mean, uh, depends on your, um, where you are, right? You could maybe even stop and lend a helping hand to somebody else, right? Believe it or not, you can and you can't. I've actually been fired for helping. Really? Um, yes. A, early on in my driving career, I wanted to help. I still like to help, but now I'm, kind of a bit more cautious. Uh, in one instance, I helped uh, another driver. He, his turbo blew up in his tractor. So I gave him a ride to a truck stop that had a record service so he could go and give them a bit more direct directions to kind of go and, and that way he wouldn't be on the side of the road. Got fired for that because I violated company policy about uh, riders. The next time I got fired, I had a fully loaded semi truck. I was at 80,000 pounds growth. And I hooked one of the straps up to the back of the trailer uh, DOT bumper and hooked the other end up to a dead-in-the-water uh, second-gen Dodge Ram with 24-valve Cummins that 
was not uh, operating. So he hooked his end up up to uh, his truck. I hooked the other end up the strap, and I pulled him through a, a busy rush hour intersection in Alabama. Got them to the gas station on the corner, out of the way. Someone took a video of that. It wound up on Facebook, and I wound up fired because I misused company equipment. Just by the last time in a company truck that I ever helped. Just by helping somebody cross an intersection, basically. Yes, yeah. because I used the trailer to drag a truck through the intersection. Yeah. But I have also done the same thing, trying to help a Lowe's, uh, a Lowe's uh, tech, who was actually on the scene to help out a, a Swift truck that had a blown-out tire. He was actually off in the snowbank. I, I wrote a story about it. Uh, for TFL truck, yeah, and helped him kind of get out of the snow, get that little bit of momentum so he could use the four-wheel drive to get out. And then more recently, there was a chair in the middle of the highway on I-40 in the state of Tennessee. So I stopped because I saw the way people were reacting. It stopped, guy timed it just right, and I pulled the doggone chair out of the middle of the road and set it off to the shoulder because. It being on the shoulder is a whole lot safer place for it to be than in the middle of a four-wide uh, interstate highway. Wow, yeah. I mean, there's crazy things, uh, crazier things has happened than that, right? Yes, they forgot okay. to secure Granny's chair. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, then. Uh, I think we're losing a little bit of connection. It's getting a little bit more choppy, but... Um, but I really appreciate you um, talking to me and kind of letting me know how the world is um, moving along right now during this tough time. And um, you know, thank you. And as long, you know, if you can, uh, if you see some other people, uh, you know, at the truck stop, just once again, um, I don't know, uh, thank them for us um, and um, continue to uh, continue to fight through this. Well, I'll tell you what, I will say it direct to you, Andre. Thank you to you and all the folks at TFL Studios for continuing to uh, give us entertainment to get us through the monotony of being stuck at home or stuck where some folks have to be all day. It, there really is a, a decent amount of things to distract from what would otherwise be nonstop COVID-19 coverage. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Dan. And I will uh, talk to you hopefully soon because we want to do another podcast show about electrification of trucks, right? And um, so let's maybe get back together really soon, maybe within a few days or a couple weeks, and uh, let's knock that out. Whenever you got time, I got time. <laughs> well, it sounds like you have time because you're on the road. Well, I like to make the jokes. It's like, listen, I'm just out here staring out a window, holding on to a steering wheel, trying not to drool on myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All righty. Well, thank you, Dan. We'll, we'll talk to you very soon. All right. Y'all have yourselves a great day. Be safe. We'll, we'll catch you on the flip Sounds good. Thank you. Save big on Brunch for Mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.